Will the psychology of humans be compatible with the predicted tech future we face? Welcome, mere mortalites, to another round of the book reviews. My name is Kyron, host of the Mere Mortals podcast, the Value for Value podcast, and also this one, the Mere Mortals book reviews. This is a live podcast that we're doing now. So I'm live here on the 30th of November, 2023, on 10 a.m. on Australian Eastern Standard Time, which is UTC midnight on a Wednesday, wherever you are in the world. So if you do feel like joining, uh, you could do this via live via the YouTube um, which I'm on right now, and then also live via any of the podcasting apps like Curiocaster, Fountain, Podverse, and Podfans, things like this. So this is the podcast for those who want to dive deeper into their books to learn more about what's going on within them, perhaps extract some themes you haven't thought about. I typically like to focus on books that are a bit older in nature, so things that are you know, usually 20 years old, something like that, and um, and really try and dive into some of the things that are going on um, deep, deep within them. However, however, I am doing something a little bit different today because I have The Inevitable by Kevin Kelly uh, with the subtitle Understanding the 12 Technological Forces That Will Shape Our Future, which was actually published in 2016. <gasps> Kyron, Kyron, you said you'd never do this. I, I didn't say I didn't, I would never do it, but I definitely do prefer focusing on older books. Uh, this book's uh, approximately 300 pages in length, probably took me about seven hours of reading to get through in total. So what was my motivation and an initial impression for reading this? Well, I do host another podcast called the Value for Value uh, podcast, and this is really focused upon how digital content creators can connect deeper with their audience. And I suppose the changing landscape of technology, particularly with related to podcasts, but I think this is changing in, in many different forms of digital mediums. And I need to do prep for these episodes. And so reading books like this, season four of that, I'm probably going to start in about a month's time. And that I'm going to really focus on I, I suppose the a lot of technological trends and how they have shaped how digital content creators connect with their audience, perhaps a little bit in the past, and then also what we're going to see coming forward. So a technological book is very much um, in, rooted in this. And interestingly, I would call that podcast, even though it's about digital content and creation and things like that, I think ultimately it's a psychology podcast. Um, but at its root, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about psychology and personality and, and things like that, because I think that plays a part in, in this book as well. Uh, so my initial impression while reading it, I'd heard of Kellen, Kevin Kelly before. He's got a great article called A Thousand True Fans. I'd listened to him on the Tim Ferriss show a couple of times. Uh, he used to be Wired Magazine, sort of these things. So I, I knew roughly his style. Um, I would say that this book right at the start, my initial impression was it wasn't mm, gripping per se. It's not like, oh my God, I, I really need to, to learn further about this um, because he dives pretty much into his first uh, technological force within the first six or seven pages. Uh, so it's, I, I would say it's not gripping, but it definitely, there was enough substance there to, to get me going right at the start of it. So let's uh, talk a little bit about the plot and the style and as I mentioned, it's split into 12 chapters, so I'll read these out for you at the moment. So we have, doo -doo -doo, starting from the very beginning, becoming, cognifying, flowing, screening, accessing, sharing, filtering, remixing, interacting, tracking, questioning, and beginning. So these are all these kind of 
verb actions, I guess that you'd call it. And um, I know Sam Sethi from Podfans is listening in live, and on his app, he's very much about these these verb actions as well of of how people interact with technology. And so with all of these, he gives pretty much like a a solid explanation of of what has already happened. So in the screening section, he's talking about how mobile screens are just kind of taking up and being everywhere. When I think about it in this very room at the moment, I've got the screen on my camera. I've got the screen on my laptop, which is showing multiple screens all within it. And then I have the phone screen um, down beneath me. So there's quite a lot going on there, obviously. And um, we can... uh, see how he he talks about these things and is like you know this is this is what's happening this is um uh already a trend that's happening and then he inserts i guess like modern examples from the internet era of how things have changed and then he and thinks he's personally experimented such as with vr or when he was that wired magazine how he saw the internet changing and evolving um, and so then the style is usually to talk about this trend and then expand upon it, um, how we already have glimpses of the future, what it's going to scale to. And then right at the end of the section, he'll end with a, a typical day in the life highlighting of, of what's going on here. And so each of these is roughly about 30 pages in length, the, um, these, these sections. So uh, I've got a section here um, from page 133 of a, of a quote, and um, I'm actually going to let a little guest come in and uh, help read this out. So here we have Universal Paul. is so smart. I usually don't have to wait more than 30 seconds for my ride, even during surges. The car just appears because it knows my schedule and can deduce my plans from my texts, calendar, and calls. I'm trying to save money, so sometimes I'll double or triple up with others on the way to work. There is plenty of bandwidth so we can all screen. For exercise, I subscribe to several gyms and a bicycle service. I get an up-to-date bike, tuned and cleaned, and ready at my departure point. For long-haul travel, I like these new personal hover drones. They are hard to get when you need them right now since they are so new, but so much more convenient than commercial jets. As long as I travel to complexes in other cities that have reciprocal services, I don't need to pack very much since I can get everything, the same things I normally use, from the local nodes. My father sometimes asks me if I feel untethered and irresponsible for not owning anything. I tell him I feel the opposite. I feel a deep connection to the primeval. I feel like an ancient hunter-gatherer who owns nothing as he winds his way through the complexities of nature, conjuring up a tool just in time for its use, then leaving it behind as he moves on. It is the farmer who needs a barn for his accumulation. The digital native is free to race ahead and explore the unknown. Accessing rather than owning keeps me agile and fresh, ready for whatever is next. Brilliant. So thank you, Cole, for that little quote. And if I'd tried to read that off, that would have been a nightmare. <laughs> so we can definitely see how he, he he lays out these big grand kind of narratives of like, you know, this is what it's going to be like. I've, I've got the, the cube, I've got the, you know, this house, which these things come and go and I discard them. And, and you can see how it is very, very different from day, you know, life as we speak now, although there are parallels, you know, fast fashion where you get clothes coming in and then replace them very, very quickly is you, you see these parallels coming through. So that's very much the plot and style of, of uh, how we go through here. So coming over to the main questions and themes that I've got from this book, 
uh, one of my questions is, is technology a force of its own? And then very much I would say yes. And so this is where he has these points about, um, you know, copying and um, embracing of all these different things. And so once again, I'll, I'll let um, Cole talk about this section because I think this is one of the perhaps most pertinent sections that we'll, we find. In- the internet wants to make copies. At first, this fact is deeply troubling to creators, both individual and corporate, because their stuff will be copied indiscriminately, often for free, when it was once rare and precious. Some people fought and still fight very hard against the bias to copy. Movie studios and music labels come to mind, and some people chose and choose to work with the bias. Those who embrace the internet's tendency to copy and seek value that can't be easily copied through personalization, embodiment, authentication, etc., tend to prosper, while those who deny, prohibit, and try to thwart the network's eagerness to copy are left behind to catch up later. Consumers, of course, love the promiscuous copies and feed the machine to claim their benefits. This bias to copy is technological rather than merely social or cultural. It would be true in a different nation, even in a command economy, even with a different origin story, even on another planet. It is inevitable. But while we can't stop copying, it does matter greatly what legal and social regimes surround ubiquitous copying. How we handle rewards for innovation, intellectual property rights and responsibilities, ownership of and access to the copies makes a huge difference to society's prosperity and happiness. Ubiquitous copying is inevitable, but we have significant choices about its character. Definitely. So I, th- I think this is the, the strongest point that really came out of the book, this section on copying, because copies were ruled and there's just no stopping them. We've, we've seen this every- basically with everything digital. That's, that's my pretty much opinion. And when you're trying to uh, lock things down and not show it, i.e. The, the Streisand effects, this was when Barbara Streisand was trying to block you know, this, I don't even think it was digital copies. Maybe it was of newspapers. Uh, I think it was of her house somewhere. And the more she fought against it, the more it spread, the more it became well-known. And I, I think a, a similar effect in like is is that not necessarily, you know, that's a slightly different point in that trying to stop think something makes it actually worse, But um, which I don't think is necessarily the case. But I, I do think that this copying will just trying to control them is futile they're they're just going to happen and they're basically independent of culture of morals hence this is the core motto that i have for this very podcast which is uh i want this to be available anywhere anytime for anyone with the small caveat that you know if you're inserting ads into it um i will try and remove it if it's if you're degrading the actual product or creating something that is um i think i think exploitive in nature but you know if if you want to create a small snippet from this copy it to somewhere else and do something like that even in that case i'm kind of like i I don't know if i uh would try and fight against someone who's you know creating clips of this and making fun of me Uh, you know that's that's i think that's that's kind of pointless so that's one of the biggest things i took from this you know will humanity embrace these trends these predictions that he's talking about of of copying of screening of accessing of sharing and things like this um i i don't know it's i think i'd say likely he's got this section talking about privacy and anonymity which i i thought was pretty interesting because he was saying how you know we don't actually care that much about privacy everything that we've shown here uh, that how humans are interacting 
on the internet is that we just we just share it. We we actually don't care that much. Um, with the caveat of we do want symmetry and knowing what we share and with who, uh, and we can see what they do with that data. So it's it's the kind of private sharing. And then he's got this uh, interesting analogy of this old lady who you used to live to and would always kind of be peering out the window. And I love doing this myself. I've got a little like little landing with the window that comes right up to my eyes. And I love just standing there for like a minute when I'm going up the stairs and just peering outside. <laughs> and um, this is this where he's saying like, okay, you know, if you went away for a week, this lady would maybe just check your house. And if someone weird walked in, would maybe call up the cops and you know if she was away you would go and help her out by picking up her mail or something like this and this is where it's like okay uh anonymity is great and essential in, in kind of very tiny doses because you need this for people to be able to do to do certain things like whistleblowing which do require uh a a, a backing a a tiny amount of anonymity well a, anonymity to be able to present something which needs to be talked about but it's it's when it's like everything is anon- an anonymous or there is uh, an ability to kind of hide behind anonymity as a as a way to get out of responsibility of you know if you're insulting someone and being really mean uh, and I'll talk about this kind of <laughs> kind of a little bit later in the Instagram lounge section there's there's an anonymity where it it allows people to ab, ab- uh, wow, I don't know what they to to get rid of the responsibility that they actually have on them, um, and so yeah, I don't know. This is where I'm like, with all these technological trends, we as humans, we've got our own personalities, our psychology, and there's certain things that we do and don't like. But I think we're also likely to mold ourselves around this inevitable, unstoppable entity that is the technological forces that are coming, that are changing our lives. You can fight against phones and the internet as much as you want, but likely your life is going to get molded around it one way or another. Whether you want to use it or not, um, it, it it will affect other people and those other people getting affected will affect you eventually. Um, so that that's kind of like the main questions and themes that came from this. The only problem or thing that I think he kind of missed out with this book was the problem with the tech-focused books is that they they can't help but imagine a, a utopic scenario. All of the scenarios he laid out, there was barely any hint of the troubles that would cause the um, things that would perhaps be bad in this new world, such as you know, no one would have maybe predicted. I I wonder how much there was predictions of online bu- bullying back in the 1970s. You know, I I haven't heard of them per se maybe there this was a big trend that people knew was going to happen unlikely i think there's a lot of predictions with these things where we can imagine some good which is mostly what he does but imagining the bad is a little bit harder to do perhaps um and this is weird because it's generally true tech generally improves things being able to solve polio being able to instantly communicate with anyone over the world, you know, look at all the stuff I'm doing here live and connecting with Cole, who's in America. You know, I would have never had a chance to do that barring all of these technological advances. Um, But a dose of reality and why humans always complain would probably have made the book a bit more realistic. It did have this feel of just being just just a bit too much uh, 
in the future tech focus just a bit too much like everything's going to solve our problems and um i get the feeling that our outer lives might improve significantly you know um if i could have technology that that helps my mom's alzheimer's or that would uh solve you know instantly problems that i was having or these just like mini pain points of of you know last night i was trying to call up someone to get a refund on a on a you know credit thing for this internet stuff that i had and it was just like it took in a 35 minutes of back and forthing on the phone you know if technology could solve that that'd be awesome but i think the inner feeling of life contentment you know it depends on the person i really only think that if all this utopic stuff came true a person's life might going from you know 40% contentment to 45% contentment the the technology will certainly improve their lives but the inner psychology personality things like that <laughs> we're always going to be discontented and it could be different you know it could be going from 80 to 85 for perhaps a more positive person but there's there's a bunch of things i think that are happening which are not 100% uh it's it's not just going to make everything way better and you know that the, the you know the future is going to be all ro- rosy and things like this so let's go on to the author and perhaps a couple of extra details from this book um so kevin kelly he was i, I mentioned the editor creator of wired magazine so very much a uh, a techie nerdy geeky magazine talking all about the internet companies technology things like this so would you call him a technologist a futurologist perhaps uh these are a couple of words i would maybe throw out um he definitely uses his previous experience with wide to his advantages many of the things in this book are talking about access he had to people locations and technology that the vast bulk of us won't have because we don't live in silicon valley where a lot of this stuff was happening at at the time um there's the slightest taste of taste of maybe hubris in his writings is there's just like an, a personal thing that i've noticed which was you know calling something inevitable the whole book the inevitable uh especially when he talks about a, how he was so wrong about something like wikipedia he just didn't think wikipedia and the ability for humans to uh create something through crowdsourcing of knowledge would work but obviously wikipedia does work and it's it's a very important significant resource so then you know saying the inevitable the slightest taste taste of hubris but it's not too too bad um there are that being said there are a lot of sharp insights to be gleaned from this and i think that's what kevin kelly uh, i found just from my my hearings of, of of him speaking on podcasts and and things like this is that he does have a sharp insight into technology how human psychology maybe less but i think he really knows his his technology and so here's another example we have preconceptions about how an intelligent robot should look and act and these can blind us to what is already happening around us to demand that artificial intelligence be human like is the same flawed logic as demanding that artificial flying be bird like with flapping wings robots too will think different definitely definitely you know that's a great observation of just just because things are like they are now you know can before flying was invented everyone was trying to flap their <laughs> flap their stuff and then it was like oh no wait you want to use you know aerodynamics of uh, i don't know a teardrop shaped wing to to generate lift and so i very much think like all of our conceptions about what a robot will look like what ai will look like 
uh, all these sorts of things that they're gonna just they're gonna be so radically different and and uh, I think he does a decent job in the book of trying to lay out how things could look different because a lot of things in here you're like man that's that's weird that that doesn't sound right but a lot of these tech books and Isaac Asimov and things like that they they create these scenarios which seem really really ridiculous and then yet when now that we're living in the future we we go okay yeah he was kind of it was pretty close you know there's a couple of things that that aren't correct you know the flying cars didn't happen but the a lot of other things related to telephones and communication and you know being littered with wires and you know being able to see the the planet lighting up from from outer space as we go over in the nighttime and things like that i think there's a, a lot of insights that you can actually get from from books similar to this and and definitely from from this one so let's get into my summary similar books recommendations things like this uh i definitely think this book was prescient with some predictions as this was in 2016 and he absolutely nailed what ai images and and search could do he he was talking about that back then and you know we're in the future now and i he was pretty much right about ai images being able to type things in ai being able to be fed a picture of you know a cat wearing a hat in um, outer space or or like you know being able to identify individual components of images and put that into another form of text or audio and things like that so he's definitely nailing that um which ties in with my general impression of that it's a penetrating penetrating book. I, I think it just lacks a little bit of the the psychology aspects of, of how humans will relate to some of these things. Okay, if we do have screens everywhere, are we going to perhaps want to create areas where there are no screens, like a screen-free zone, much like how will you know, uh, smoking eventually kind of like got outlawed in or banned in in certain environments i.e inside of restaurants inside of buildings and things like this because it was unhealthy not only for a for the person individual action that's totally fine but secondhand smokes affecting other people okay this is where we create different rules you know will certain things like that come up with screens if we find out oh you know screen use is not only affecting the person the individual but also other people around them would we create no screen zones and things like this? You know, that's just a, an example I came off the top of my head, but I think there's a lot of cool things that he, cool things about how humans will change, which he, he, he kind of missed out on. So perhaps a little bit too geeky and brushes over the new issues that'll, that'll come up. But overall, the underlying tone of positivity and optimism is really refreshing. I, I, I think that it's pretty much right that, Technology is going to make things better generally with only a couple of like minor instances of it impacting uh, certain individuals. And so the challenges and setbacks, yeah, you know what, perhaps I'm being a bit harsh and they rightly should just be set to the side as these are things that will be solved. And, you know, what's the point of even bringing up these things because we don't know exactly what they're going to be. But what we know about humans is that we're pretty good at problem solving and that when we chase after something can put our energy and effort to it we usually can fix it um, lots of, of ideas will fail and that's okay so there's no need to make fun of them um, you won't find the reasoning for this optimism here as the sections like sharing and tracking probably actually will scare some people in terms of like oh my god it's tracking everything oh my god i'm getting tracked on everything people are going to know everything about me and it's like i want to like 
keep my privacy and hunch up and, and things like this. Whereas no, the, the, the world is becoming more and more digital and more accessible and open to everyone. So being the loner on the top of a roof of, of a cliff or something, you know, that might be work, you know, I'm imagining like an old Irish guy or something like that in the lighthouse. But if you live in the city, you're kind of going to have to be prepared that everything is going to be shared, everything is going to be tracked, everything is going to be accessed and and things like that. So overall, The Inevitable by Kevin Kelly, I'm giving a 7.5 out of 10 to. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, and it's given me some great info and takeaways points that I'm going to be using on the Value for Value show uh, in the next couple of months. Recommendations, similar books, maybe something like The Fourth Age by Byron Reese. One reviewed that a fair while ago. Uh, and then in terms, it was I was going through all the old book reviews and I went, you know what, there's no book that I've read which is really like this, predicting the future. There was a couple of things like Reality Plus by David Chalmers, which was using that imagination to try and create things, but it didn't have the same style and, and output that this book did. So perhaps probably the only thing I could recommend is maybe something like Enlightenment Now by Stephen Pinker, Stephen Pinker which is about the the positives of mm, positive nature of how humans are actually getting better of how uh, you know the enlightenment ideals actually have led to better things and so you, you get a, a pretty broad spectrum of, of positivity and, and things like that so that's very much it for today's book review thank you for joining me now's the section where we're going on to the boostergram lounge and we're going to thank some people for supporting so I did just see here, uh, Sam Sethi has been sending in some pod, uh, pod fans payments. He's listening live and he says he's, hey, Kyron, listening live. Thank you very much, Sam. And Cole did a test as well in Fountain. So thank you very much, my friends, for doing that. I've now set up everything so I should receive it automatically in a much more streamlined manner than I was doing previously. So that's really cool. And then the book reviews and going live and doing things like this does tend to to drag in people and, and make it uh, a bit more of an interactive environment. And so um, I really want to be focusing on that a bit more if I can as well. Uh, I'll jump onto uh, some of the comments that we were uh, having the on the, uh, and I see a comment here, Peter um, was saying, haha, Cole has the perfect narration voice. He does, hey, that was so good. Um, brilliant, Cole. Thank you. So much better than than I was reading that out. So this might be something we can um, do. Do And Cole, I'm putting as a 10% split in for this episode as well. So Boostergram's coming in the future and things like that. Um, he's going to be very much part of the uh, the, the value split for that. So if you um, enjoy the show and those Boostergrams, those streaming I was talking about just before, uh, you know, get with the times technologically people here. If you jump on a podcasting app, newpodcastapps.com or meremortalspodcast.com slash support. I've got a review there of the eight apps at this current moment where you can send in boosts and boostergrams. Things like Fountain, Podfans, Podverse, Curiocaster. These are ones where you can listen in live. And then also other ones like Castomatic, Breeze, uh, Podcast Guru, I believe you can listen in live as well. So uh, lots of different things you can go. When I do my social posts, you're going to see links to where you can listen into these apps on the desktop or mobile. So whatever option you want for that is is good. And yeah, I just want to talk about a couple of comments I received from the uh, uh, deep, or deep or Nonsensical, The Prophet uh, by Khalil Gibran, which I did before. Uh, and there was one from Frisbee Girl, which was, was kind of funny. Um, and she was just 
saying like, initially excited to catch this, but honestly was left quite underwhelmed. There are a few kicker ways to lose the interest of a listener than failing to do your homework. Uh, you know, you, zero excuse for not taking 60 seconds to run a search on how to correctly pronounce a subject's name. Uh, massive credibility lost. Uh, you know what, as uh, the, as the, this is a good point. I, I really should have done better. It's not 30 seconds. I'll let you, I'll tell you that. Trying to find the correct pronunciation of a name, uh, of a, it, it's actually pretty hard. It probably took me about five minutes to get it. And you know what? I wasn't too far off. It was something like Khalid Gibran. So, I, you know, I, I think I did a decent good. Um, and uh, the syncing of this is so off. I don't, I don't really know what she was talking about there. Um, and then just saying how I need to properly execute uh, on, on YouTube and video. So, <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, but I do appreciate that as well. Uh, and then just a couple of other random comments. So sorry for you. All right, whatever. Um, and then a couple of people just saying like, uh, yeah, the book, they didn't really enjoy it. Um, they, one person got into philosophy because of this, this was Alchemisty. Um, and then a couple of others were just like, uh, yeah, I thought he was trying too hard and whatnot. So uh, really positive to get some feedback on a, on a book review. And um, I really do appreciate that. Thank you for for listing some comments and sending in boostergrams. The the feedback is what I'm really looking for here and in terms of doing these and, and trying to improve the show. I think the addition with Cole today was was pretty good. And so maybe that's something that we can keep going for the future as well. So uh, you'll see on your screen now as well, this was just a, a call in to say that, um, that this is a, uh, a, a, an addition to helping for you to, to be able to send in boostergrams to do these uh, messages directly to me within the app, which just makes a lot more sense. The YouTube stuff is okay, but I really prefer it um, if you're doing it via a podcasting app. And then you know, supporting monetarily the show. So there's 2000 sats here. If you've never played around with Bitcoin, scan the QR code or um, try out the link in the show notes and uh, or in the chapter chapter for this and you'll, um, you'll be able to do that. So very much appreciated if you um, try that out and it's, um, you know, free money for you. Just take it. <laughs> so this is a value for value podcast. Um, thank you everyone for, for joining in live, for joining in post as, as well. Uh, what did you think? I, I really, really want to know. That's that's the value for value call for this. What did you think of Cole's voiceovers? What did you think of this slightly new format? It takes a bit of extra effort on my part and Cole's part for sure. But uh, is this is this worthwhile? Did you get more enjoyment from that um, with the video aspect? What would you like me to do while the uh, while it's 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 going? And do you like having the text on the screen? Um, so that you can read along at the same time you know all of these things I just really want to know what I can do to improve so if you leave a comment in the YouTube if you reach out via any of the social media stuff that's awesome as well links down below and then you know sending in a boostergram within the podcasting app of your choice uh, really really helps out as well and um, and yeah I really do hope that you join live sometime similar book recommendations, other things that you think would be really great talent-wise. Um, if Yeah, knowing all of this stuff. And then finally, uh, Treasure, supporting this monetarily. Value for value means I put all of this up front. I try and make this the best podcast I can possible. And I just ask that you return it in uh, some manner. We've talked about the time and the talent. And then Treasure, there's a PayPal link down below. It costs a lot to 
you know, keep all of these <laughs> screens running and to um, to pay for hosting and for my time as well would, would be very much appreciated. I'd really love to make this a full-time gig. And the only way I can do this is, is via your support at home. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll still keep doing this as long as I can, but I unless I can get it to uh, a monetary level of, you know, being able to pay the bills at the very least, it, it's, it's going to be hard for me to continue this super, super long-term. So just to call out, you know, if you, if you got some value from this, I really do appreciate um, you sending that back via the boostergrams, via Bitcoin, lightning payments on the, um, on the lightning network within your podcasting app, or you can do it via the PayPal link below. We're going to leave it there for today. Thank you everyone for joining me for The Inevitable by Kevin Kelly. I've got some other pretty fun book reviews coming up, uh, an Aussie classic. I've got, uh, a a Chinese sci-fi classic I guess I'm not yeah it's probably old enough to be a classic I think and yeah just some some fun stuff coming up for sure so we'll leave it there for today thank you everyone for joining me ciao for now Kyron out